We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? We're back again. It's been a while, two weeks away, leaving you guys without the most amazing podcast in combat sports. That's right, right here. The Corner Podcast is back. Me, Kel Dansby, him, old man Andreas Hale, bringing you the best in combat sports, hip-hop, pop culture, everything you want to talk about. We've been kind of caught up and wrapped up. Man, I, I was sick. I had no voice two weeks ago. I'm still sipping tea like a, like a real grown man right now to get through this podcast. We've been traveling. So much to catch up on. Dre, welcome back. Yeah, I'm back. You sound cheery. This, this little break... Seem to have perked you up a bit. 
No, not really. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been a, about a week in D.C. And uh, I missed that snowstorm. They just had a snowstorm out there. So all, all our D.C. listeners, uh, shout out to you because you're enduring that snowstorm. I missed that bitch by like a day. So that's probably what I'm happy about because I do not want to be trapped out there. Yes, yeah, so you were in D.C. Uh, I went to Atlanta between being sick and doing this podcast. So uh, shout out to all my Atlanta people and your wax sweet tea. You, every time, every time I come back from the South, I just got to just bash sweet tea until it goes through its ultimate deletion. It's, yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it, Dre. That shit's horrible. It makes no Not sense. Horrible. Grow up. Be a man. <laughs> no one likes that. No one should like it. So we spent our week traveling. We missed a couple of things just in the world in general. One thing that I had to just pluck out of the air just because it's been entertaining me for two weeks. Our president is smashing a porn star, or at least smashed a porn star. You can't say that every day. No, I mean... What a world we live in, Dre. Our president smashed a porn star. She took a lie detector test. I mean, I feel like Bill Clinton did the same thing. I mean, we know JFK got up in, in a bunch of famous guts as well, so I'm not too surprised by this. And there's people out there that are saying, well... Why are we paying so much attention? It's not that it's just a porn star. It's like the hush money, the infidelity, the goddamn sexual allegations, sexual assault. Like everything with Trump is just ridiculous. And every day that I wake up and I see this man's name in the news, I'm like, Jesus Christ, him again? But I, like I said before, he got real. Like he's getting reelected. He's not I, like, getting reelected. He's not getting another four, Drake. He might not make these last two. He's going to make these like look, 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 we're at two. Last year, y'all was like, he's not going to make it through one. He's at two now. He's got a ton of support, and who's going to beat him? They'll, they'll find somebody. No, they won't. They're going to find somebody. They're not. You don't combat him with another celebrity. You don't turn I'm this into saying. a shit show. But, but you, you, have, but you find like a legit politician. Like who? I think there's another Kennedy. If you can't name him, it's not going to be Trump. Listen, anyone with the name Kennedy, I, I feel pretty comfortable. At this point, a, a trained monkey should be Trump. But we Hillary thought that Clinton? last time. Yeah. So you're saying Hillary Clinton's worse than a trained monkey? <laughs> I think I'm that saying. statement has been proven true. Like, I, I don't know that that was just... I, I don't know the depths of Russian collusion, Dre. I don't know. I'm not following this shit. But my, boys, my boys sending shout-outs to Putin live on live TV. Is- like, yo... What up, dictator, baby? Good, good job on that win. He's getting reelected. Look, I don't look. I don't like <laughs> it any more than anybody else does. But he's got so much support. You really have to convince a bunch of people who didn't vote to go vote. And I don't see that happening. If nah, it's happening, man. What do you okay. think? They're just gonna forget about what's happened so far. And Doesn't the dumb matter. Shit? People are ap- people are apathetic. Like it wasn't like Clinton and Trump was necessarily close. He kind of ran her over. And Hillary Clinton was established. So you mean to tell me that if the, if we are at 2018 and we got two more years of Trump, you mean to tell me that they're going to find a viable candidate that people would vote for over Trump? Because now you, you have to create dissension within the Trump supporters, which hasn't happened. Those people are not not going to go against Trump in, Trump in 2020. Yo, worst case, my boy Joe Biden just got to run. I feel like Joe Biden won't win. You say he won't win? No. Oh shit! Joe Biden lose to Trump. Yeah, it's it's a wrap. We can't I'm get eight of Trump. Yo, if we get eight of Trump, he's changing every rule, and he's just gonna be president for the rest of his life. I'm just I'm just telling I'm just, you. I'm what just it letting is. you know he ain't he ain't you, relinquishing if he gets eight. If he get eight, he gets twelve. 
the Democrats have to produce a candidate that is going to be a viable opponent for, for Trump. It's very difficult to get somebody to, to not reelect a president. It's very difficult. Obviously, you would think as much as Trump does that it makes it simple, but it's not because the people who don't like Trump, we already didn't like Trump. So that, that doesn't change anything. You got to get people who don't vote to go vote, but you have to give them a reason to vote. And I know saying, well, look at what all that Trump's done. Yeah, that's great. But you got to understand there's so many apathetic people out there. And there's so many people like if this election didn't show us anything else is that how split and divided this country really is. Like the racists have been out in full effect, like yeehaw. Like they are out there with their ropes and, and with their cowboy boots. They don't give a fuck. Look. If Dana White's still speaking at the Republican National Convention, that's not changing. Those, those people are going to follow the money. I'm letting you know this. If we can make Black Panther, if Black Panther could be the third best movie in history, grossing movie in history, we better get out there and fucking vote. Mm, very difficult. Very difficult task to get people to vote versus going to see a movie. Because most people still don't believe voting does anything. So how do you convince them? And on top of that, you got to look. It's Electoral College. The states that are red are going to remain red. Blue, like there's a few swing states. Like Ohio is always the indicator. I know we're like talking about politics something on a combat sports show, but like Ohio's been a great indicator for who wins the election. And unless you can convince those people to vote for somebody else, which they probably won't, Trump is going to be here another four years. So buckle up. I only say this because the Democrats have produced nobody. There has not been a single person where you go, oh, he could possibly be president. It's 2018. This needs to start happening before the end of the year where you got to say, here's a guy who can run or a woman, a doubtful, but a, a guy who can run and beat Trump. Yo, I don't know. We got to get on it. Then. I, I need to get I don't front of the podcast. AJ Springer on the phone. Something. Somebody has to have their ears to the street. We need to start, you know, champion someone. We can't just wait. It's it's a damn shit. Four more years of Trump, Dre. I can't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, he smashed in a porn star. Yeah. And she's proud of this shit, by the way. Somehow we've been blinded to the fact that she actually smashed Trump. But I guess when you got enough money, anything's possible. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, gag orders, Russia, none can stop that man. He's invincible. Uh, I swear Vince Man, McMahon is booking his presidential run. He, like Roman Reigns. He's the presidential version of Roman Reigns. He can do no wrong. Yeah, um, even though he does all the wrong in the world, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what else happened while we were away? Jesus and Meryl. Oh, my God. So, Jesus and Meryl, you know, shout out to the podcast. Good peoples. Um, they obviously are cool with the entire Loud Network fam. Doing their thing in New York. Got the most illustrious show on late night television, if you let them tell it. Um everything's going good. They go on a breakfast club to promote their little inner city tour joint. And DJ Envy gets real froggy with him. Before the interview even starts, he's like, yo, you owe me and my wife an apology. That's where shit goes left. Um, now we see like this week-long beef. Erica Meno might be on Jesus Miro coming up. Uh, Envy went on this long apologetic tour, how he smashed Mena, he loves his wife, blah, blah, blah. I'm wondering, you, we've seen this all play out. What makes a grown-ass man bring up beef maybe from like six months ago and request an apology? His wife. I mean, this, <laughs> this one is, dog, this one is so easy. And so this, this is the most simple thing. DJ Envy didn't want to do this. He, he didn't want to confront Jesus Amaro on the show. His wife 
wanted him to confront Jesus Samara on the show. Like the moment when, uh, who said it, Jesus, when he said, you know, he's there for the check, but he was joking. Like his wife was essentially been completely disrespected by DJ Envy, by cheating and all the shit that DJ Envy does, which is completely lost on DJ Envy for some reason. The fact that he is the one who created this mess in the first place, but not keeping his dick in his pants and creating an alternate persona um, outside of the house is the reason why he was in the position that he was in. So these are Samaro who have trashed pretty much everybody. <laughs> That's their job. Yeah, like Envy. But here's the funny thing. Like, Envy, you're on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne. Do you not realize what y'all do every day? <laughs> so, so this wasn't a DJ Envy call. This was DJ Envy sitting at home, and his wife was like, you better protect my honor. And he was like, oh, well, baby. And she was like, look, don't come home if you don't do it. Which so, means two things. She watches Deezy Samaro. Well, That's what that heard. means. It's social media. She heard. A homie I mean, could call, call her and tell her, like, yo. That wasn't that. Disrespected that wasn't that grimy. Like, they didn't say anything, like, over the top. Like, I thought it was a funny joke. No, it's not, it's not even over the top. It's a woman. Sorry, women. If you listen to the show, y'all are <laughs> sensitive to fucking everything. And if somebody talk, like, if somebody talks trash that you can get a hold of, your woman's going to want you. Look, look, look. Let me talk about your lady. On a show, and she catches wind of it, and then you don't think she's going to tell you. You better check. You better check him. I don't care if he's your friend or not. You better check him, and you got to make a decision. And Envy's already in the doghouse. What's he going to say? No. And this is what it comes down to. As a man who openly talks about my woman on our show, and who, if you guys have been listening long enough, knows I put all my damn business out on this show. When I decide to talk about what I talk about. When I've gone through my shit, when I've pulled the DJ Envy, and I decided to, you know, say, ah, let me let me speak this into the world. I then give up the right to be mad at anyone for responding however they respond. If someone's, you know, just appalled that I would do some dumb shit, and they tell me they got the right to say that shit now, because I put my dumb shit out there. And if someone cracks jokes about it, they got the right to do so because I put my dumb shit out there. Listen, there's a lot of people who had jokes. That shit was mildly funny back then because I was in a bad place. But now I can laugh at it. Like I feel like Envy's still in that bad place. Where it's like, yo, my man, you got to let that hurt go. Like, you, you did it. You made it public like an idiot if you can't take the backlash. So it makes no sense to attack these guys. And you're, you're not the funny guy on your show. You, you can't you can't bag on people when you're not the funny guy because he had no he has no comebacks he had to walk away. Just telling you, it was it's his wife. That was it. His wife said, "Protect my honor. You better check him." And then DJ Amber got macho, you know, <laughs> and, and didn't realize like like Meryl was like, "Yo, I got my spanks on now. We can go outside the box." Yo, he probably wasn't expecting that, but that's what you get. So, you know, defend your woman's honor, but at your own. Uh, peril because look man if you're gonna be a fool like look i'm not gonna put myself in a position where my wife is going to tell me that look you already fucked up so fix it even though we've all kind of been in those spots before where you have to fix something that you did and embarrassed your wife or, or your girlfriend on some level but if it if it comes to having to be a national scene where you're on a, one of the biggest shows and you gotta check somebody who's known to run them on on people <laughs> Like you're in a bad spot. Like you, you were gonna lose regardless. So, you know, too bad for TJ Envy. He just, I mean, 
Look, yo, stay sucker free, buddy, because that's you got to stay out of that one. You, like he, he jumped right out of the firing pan into the fire, and he's, he he rightfully got cooked. That's what he gets. And he got to realize, my man, she ain't leave you when you cheated. You're okay. You don't gotta just you know bend and acquiesce to every whim. She ain't gonna leave you for not confronting Jesus and Mero. Listen, shit. That's not gonna be the last straw. Like he publicly smashed Erica Mano, but she's gonna leave you because you won't say apologize to Jesus and Mero. Dude, you should know. You talk about your girl anytime. Ain't nothing worse than having a woman that you live with upset with you. Nothing. Yeah. yeah, That's true. He's trying to avoid He's trying to avoid the wrath. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing more uncomfortable because you can't win. Like, I don't care. Like, yo, if there's some men that listen to the show that actually win arguments with their woman, she's probably cheating on you. Because you can't win. Uh, like, oh, I'm, life advice by Dre. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Like, I'm just telling you. You don't win arguments with women. You don't. Like, you may think you won, but you didn't really win. Nah, it's postponed. It's, yeah. It's, it's to continue again. You never... personally, I don't have the endurance. Like, I don't, I don't have that endurance that my wife has. Like, she's got endurance. Like, if, if, this, if arguing was, like, running the 400... She can run that shit in like twenty seconds flat. Me, on the other hand, I'm gassed after like I'll I'll, I'll get you in a hundred, but once we start running that distance, you hit the yo, turn. You lose I don't have that endurance, man. I can't stay mad that long. At a certain point, I'm like, yo, fuck it, can we move on? It, but you can't win arguments with women. And if you do, I'd like to hear how you win an argument with your woman. And I'm not talking about your girlfriend that you went and picked up and you drop her off somewhere. I'm talking about if you live with your woman, you don't, you can't win. Whether it's not doing the dishes or whatever the hell it is, you're not winning. You're not winning. Because even if you feel like you win, it all comes down to who messes up next. And you're going to fuck up next. Yeah, and she's just going to throw it all back at you. Like, Yo, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you not, you're just not winning. Envy's not winning. Like, whatever the situation with Envy, if his wife said, Yo, check him. Cause, and all she did was probably bring up everything from the past. Oh, you can't do this for me, but you can do this for Erica. Like, yo, he didn't want to hear that shit. So he's like, I'd rather confront these two dudes that have to deal with my woman at home. I'm telling you, man. It's crazy. That is a damn shame. Um, but as we do on this show, when people have beef, we take it to the tail of the tape. So we have DJ Envy, who is listed at five foot ten. That might be being generous. Now, I don't believe that. Okay, this uh, different site. Uh, he's listed at five foot seven. They do not have a listed weight. Let's just give him like a buck eighty. He is forty years old. And let's look up the kid Miro height. We have Miro who is. Um, there's no height for the kid Miro. Is is this real? He's over six foot Dominican. How about that? Who wears Tim's? And is known to talk spicy. If we had to put these guys in the hallway or throw some gloves on them, old school status, who do you have witted? Envy or Miro? Miro. Yeah, okay, that's not even close, sir. No, I think the crazy Dominican wins every time. And he's, 30, he's only 34. Yep, younger. Yeah, he's a little younger. He's got a little bit, like, look, man, like, Envy, like, People like my like yo, he's washed. Like Envy, you're not fighting nobody. Like I'm, I'm sure Merrill's been in a fight recently, and I'm <laughs> been like six months. I'm just saying he's probably been in a fight recently where Envy has been on the top for so long he kind of forgot what it's like to take crumbs. So yeah, 
I'm going with a guy who's probably experienced some rougher times a little bit more recently. I could be wrong. Maybe Envy could throw down, but mm, no. I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, if you had to pick in a no-weight-class sanctioned fight, does he even get Jesus out of there? Jesus was quick to apologize. Jesus, you know, he might have a quickness angle, but it's the quiet ones that get you. I don't know if he even gets Jesus out of there. Yeah, I don't know, man. Look, the apology is because he got blindsided. And then what else can you do? It's like, that's my homie's homie. So, yo, I didn't know. Sorry. But then it's like, but you really this mad? Because as you watch as you watch that Breakfast Club episode, you can kind of see Jesus like start to sink and get it and start to, you know, it starts to bubble a little bit more because he's thinking like, this motherfucker really tried to check me on the show. Like you can <laughs> see it in his face yeah. as the things progress. So, yo, I. I, I'm telling you, I think those two probably watched Envy. So, you know, run tell that. Tell that to DJ Envy. They'll be like, yo, Andrea said you get washed. Yeah, and so, true. And when we come down to it, yo, Dre, if someone talks crazy about me, like if I just say, like, I want to do some wild shit, the Cody Rhodes saga. If You better not let me get jumped by Bullet Club. You better got my back. Like, at this point, Charlamagne was sitting there egging it on. Well, yeah, those are both his boys. So, I mean, there's nothing you can really do but either egg it on and break it up. And Charlamagne's messy, so he's going to egg it on. So, <laughs> look, if you it's can't be letting me get washed in the podcast streets, right? Nah, we, man. We, I mean, we're going down look, together. Reverse. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, 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 we said it in the group chat. Look, I will fight whoever fights you, but if it's your fault, I will fight you after that. So, <laughs> until then, like, we have to fight, we have to get all the people out of there. That's coming for you, and then we shall fight for you putting me in that situation in the first place, if it's your fault. Otherwise, of course I got your back. I, I feel like that's fair. I feel like, I, you know, I can't, can't ask for anything more than that. Th- those are pretty good rules right there. Um, so, let's get to the combat sports aspect of things, because there are so many things we could start with, but we're starting with pro wrestling. Mania season, baby. I am officially hyped. I feel like you're a little less ecstatic, but... This is the best I felt about a mania probably in what, ten years since yeah I'd say since Sean Taker rematch this is the best I felt about a mania um, I didn't expect much from the last New Orleans WrestleMania and it came through shit you sold your tickets yeah so dude. it came it came through in the end I have high expectations do you think I'm gonna be disappointed I'll be at your crib all day eating breakfast lunch and dinner there. Will we be disappointed? Are you hyped for this mania? Um, man, I mean, just to be completely honest, I would be if it wasn't the, like if this was a show by, done by any other promotion. Like if you look at this card, the way it's shaping up, I would be excited. But I'm dog. I'm just so concerned because I feel like, yeah, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like, yo, this is a full time job watching WrestleMania. Fatigue is going to set in at some point. So I hope every match delivers. I just don't feel like. Like, I feel like John Cena Undertaker could be a potential train wreck. Um, but, I'm like, this is a, a good card. And so I have, I have, I have high hope. Like, I hope it's, it's going to be good. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not coming in there like, yo, it's about to be the best WrestleMania. I'm, I'm coming in there like, man, I hope this shit is good. But I'm going to drink myself into a stupor just in case it sucks. No faith in Vince. It's like you got your heart broken so much. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, nah, I'm, not again. Not again. There's just so many times, like, I mean, my my two favorite WrestleManias that I actually attended was, like, I think it was, like, WrestleMania 21, the one at WrestleMania in Hollywood, um, which I enjoyed, and it wasn't because of the Batista uh, 
Batista, Triple H, and John Cena and Bradshaw matches. I, it was just my first WrestleMania, so I was just super excited. Um, and then the one with, uh, where Seth Rollins cashed in, which was like one of the craziest moments I've ever seen at a lot. Like, I never expected that at WrestleMania. It just, that shit just blew my mind when Rollins cashed in. And the crowd was nuts. You had the RKO on Rollins earlier in the night. I mean, that was a great WrestleMania card. Um, the New Orleans card just it surprised all of us. Even though in retrospect, the Undertaker Brock Lesnar match was shit, and it, the ending was what was surprising to everybody, but otherwise, like that, that Daniel Bryan triple threat match is probably one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. When you start to really think about it, that might have been one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. It was a good match. Like, and that's, I think that's the point where Orton mailed it in. Nah, Orton's been Orton's been guilty of mail. Like Orton's one of these weird guys who, like, if like I go back to WrestleMania 21 when he wrestled Undertaker and had a phenomenal match, and Orton can have these excellent matches here and there, but it's like something in him just goes into cruise control. Like Orton Triple H at WrestleMania 20, whatever the fuck it was, where Orton was just beating up the entire McMahon family. They fucked that up. Like Orton should have beat Triple H at that mania because he was on he was on top level heel mode. Like he was in fuego heel, but then he lost to Triple H. Like Triple H has been throwing the shovel at motherfuckers for years. <laughs> but but Orton he just has this weird gear. Like the Orton Seth Rollins match. If you remember when Rollins went to curb stop him and Orton caught him in midair. Yeah, which was, was dope. Great, yeah, that was a great Orton match. But then he just kind of mails it in, and you're like, well, what the fuck? So. You never know what you get with Orton, but and so he's been doing this for years, and it, I don't think anything after that or before that was a precursor to him mailing it in. It's just part of his personality. That's a damn shame. Um, I, I felt like he delivered when he was younger, though, like pretty consistently. I mean, and the, then the, like the, when he won the title against Benoit, that was excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's he's had spots where he's been really good, and then. There's times where he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I guess that Seth Rollins match was actually pretty good. But I, he has to have less than three really good matches since that Daniel Bryan triple threat. Which Man, is I have to, a damn I can't, shame. I, I can't, we, no, we can't think of it. Because that's how, it, how, how much he hasn't mattered. Uh, we can name three AJ Styles matches right now. He's been in the WWE for two years. Well, yeah, I mean, he's AJ Styles. That's, he's a different level of competitor. Like... Then, then Randy Orton, who's supposed, who's paid like a top guy, who's supposed to be a top, a top guy. guy. He's a WWE top guy. It's a big difference. Like AJ Styles has been a top guy wherever he's gone. Like like Randy Orton would not survive on the indie circuit. He would. Uh, you can Cody Rhodes him. You could. But I don't know if he even humbles himself to do that. That's the problem. Which Cody like, definitely did. He bought into the culture. You know, he he did it the right way. Like he was like, okay, where do you guys want to script? He's a part of the elite, a part of the Bullet Club. He doesn't have to be the guy by himself. I think Orton would want that. Yeah, like I just can't see Orton running things in the indie scene. Like he's he's a WWE guy. Like there's certain guys who were built in the WWE, who came out of the WWE factory, and then they can't really do shit else. Like your boy Ryback. Like these guys are products <laughs> of the WWE. Other guys. Don't like you AJ speak Styles. bad about Ryback. He's at a Walmart somewhere here in Vegas signing autographs. Probably right now. But uh, Styles, on the other hand, from Impact to, I mean, well, TNA and ROH and then, you know, his rebirth on New Japan. Like, when has AJ Styles been whack? 
in ring. And all he's ever, all he's done since then, since TNA, because he wasn't a great promo, is he's actually become a much better promo. Yeah. So it's like the guy is just, he will go down top 10 ever, ever in ring. I agree. And he'll probably be underrated. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's hard to put him up against the great greats who have done it on the WWE stage for that long. Um, and at this point, the New Japan stage for that long. Because um, where do you rank like guys like Okada or Tanahashi? I mean, like it, it, It's difficult. But AJ, longevity, it's damn near 20 years. He hasn't missed a beat. No, nah, the man has always been in ring. He has always been good. So I never like there's never a time where you've seen AJ. I mean, I'm sure it's happened maybe a couple times where he's mailed it in. It just doesn't happen. He just he comes and he he comes and shows up. I mean, shit, AJ versus Shane shouldn't have been as good as it was. Shouldn't have been last year. That was the best match last year. Right. On a card that was pretty fucking long and shitty. But it opened the show like you remember how upset I was. I don't want to see AJ Styles facing Shane McMahon. I thought it was bullshit. Yeah. But he, he, he dude, he could wrestle a turd and paint it gold. Like he's that good. No, nah, that's true. Let's talk about someone else who could do the same. The American Dragon is back. Daniel yeah. Bryan gets cleared. Um, I may or may not have shed a tear or two during that opening segment. I will keep that to myself. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out the WWE YouTube channel, they have a great behind the scenes of right before Daniel Bryan is walking out. It's like the day he finds out that he's cleared um, and it's leading up to his entrance. That shit almost brought a tear to my eye. Um, man, I, I can't believe it. It's something I thought could happen. I thought they'd have to cut him and he'd go to an indie promotion and they'd let him wrestle. Uh, to see him come out last night, deliver the speech, and then close the show and take bumps... And he, if anyone was like, yo, take care of Daniel, let him ease back into it. No one told that shit to him because he went straight to 100%. Man, like, first of all, uh, I interviewed Daniel Bryan years ago uh, when he first, like, when I think, I think this was before that 13 second loss of Seamus. Well, maybe it was after. I can't remember. And I had a, in WWE interviews for anybody listening to the show who's never done an interview with a WWE superstar before are very weird because there's somebody always on the phone with you mm-hmm. from WWE PR and they're monitoring everything that's going on. So you get in this weird space where you don't really know if it's kayfabe or we just talking straight up. And I've interviewed a lot <laughs> of guys like Biggie. I've interviewed a lot of people, <coughs> Sasha, Biggie, um, Elias just recently. I'll probably be talking to a few people from Mania. But Daniel Bryan was probably my favorite interview. Because he was, you could, there's this weird thing about him where you can tell he's genuinely enjoying what he does. There are guys that you listen to talk, and you're not really sure if they're just kind of mailing it in because they just have to do it. But, you know, and this is when I was writing for MTV, so maybe it was MTV as well. But he was just really, like, we talked about ROH, we talked about everything, and he was just really excited about wrestling and i'm like well dog you've been wrestling already for like a decade but he's he's like he loves what he does there, if, if he didn't get paid anything for it he'd still be wrestling so the day he retired because of the injury like i that shit hurt because you can see like if you think about the things that you love to do if you ever get the opportunity to do what you love to do and actually get paid for it on the biggest stage of them all after grinding as long as he did and getting shit on as long as he did it's it's very difficult for you to take it away but to see him get it back, 
to see him get that opportunity back and like to know like yo you just had a baby he's married like there was a time where you know it's like damn man you can't walk and then one day the doctor's like yo you can walk son get up out of that fucking wheelchair let's go daniel bryan he just get up he ran like yeah he took bumps like a trooper mm-hmm. and to get a chance to do this now because the wwe's changed a lot since he retired Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles. Like these are guys that he worked with in like Ring of Honor and, and indie promotions in PWG, where now it's like, yo, the whole world is new. It's, he don't have to wrestle Batista. <laughs> it's um, a whole whole different, whole different landscape now. Not like look, just think about it. As long as he stays healthy, because that's always gonna be the question. Can he, how long can he stay healthy? Kevin Owens, Nakamura, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, like right off the top. Just think about the, the quality of those matches. I'm hyped to see him versus Sami Zayn. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, Samoa Joe, like, come on, man. There's, oh, there's I didn't so even many, think about Samoa Joe. There's so many things that could... I mean, Seth Rollins. I mean, yo, the last time Daniel Bryan was wrestling, Seth Rollins was still Tyler Black. Like, he was still, you know, he's still in um, FSW before it was really NXT. Like, he never got a chance to wrestle him. Nah, he's still part of Shield. Right? Did we get Team Hell No versus The Shield? Uh, I think I we might have got a match. Did. Yeah, but it yeah. was just, but that's still not the same. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it wasn't, it, you know, the King Slayer, burn him down, whipping the title around yeah. your head, Seth Rollins. It wasn't peak Rollins. It was still like a part of a group Rollins. It's yeah. kind of like where Big E is right now in the New Day. Like, if you wrestle Big E now, it's like, well, I'm kind of wrestling the New Day Big E. But if you wrestle Big E by himself, it's probably going to be a next level different Big E. Like, Rollins was still on the come up when Daniel Bryan was in WWE. Those two never got to meet one on one. And tear the house down. Mm-hmm. Now? Yo. So everything that happened on Tuesday, like even though it was SmackDown, everything in the middle of SmackDown sucked, but the beginning and end were excellent. Yeah, Charlotte lost, which was fucking weird. No, um, we got to stop. Like, look, look, man, I'm so sick of you having these title, the, the champions lose on TV to bums. So stupid. I mean, Natalia's not a bum. That's grimy. I'm just but, saying, uh, like, but Natalia's but they have to the they have to tease the cash in, right? Because the cash in's going to fail. I, I just don't understand why. Like the whole thing here is, how about we keep Charlotte as strong as possible because she's about to face a woman who's never lost. Yeah, I mean, how that, about that? That'd be pretty smart. But they have to have. I mean, what you have two more shows until Mania? Yeah, Carmella has to cash in on one of these shows. No, she'll probably cash in the day after. No, she's going to lose to Oscar. You don't want her necessarily cashing in on Oscar. I mean, because if dude, she breaks the streak, that's just a whole different level of wildness. This is WWE's bookings issue. This has been the issue for the for since Survivors, and I want to say probably even since SummerSlam. They they move things too quickly, and then they forget. Oh, well, we still got like four weeks to do this shit. Like the same, like they pulled the trigger on the Kevin Owens Shane McMahon thing way too early, and they had nothing to do in between, which is why it grew so stale. Fortunately, Daniel Bryan's cleared, and now you have this tag match, which changes the entire match. But look, dog, it was boring. Carmella winning Money in the Bank was a dumb decision. In which because WWE Women's Special shows her, like she grabbed the briefcase. No, my man, you can't erase that from my memory. She did not grab the briefcase. Hey. We don't worry about the unemployed. <laughs> a man grabbed that briefcase. They fucked up that match. Yeah. Um, so, Road Dog got to be at the end of his rope. I know I, I blame mean, him for everything, but him and Vince, fuck it. They could both go. But, Vince ain't going nowhere, so we just got to deal with it. We got to deal with it. Like the booking, like 
the booking for WrestleMania, the matches look great on paper. If you gave somebody who just watched wrestling and be like, boom, here's your matches for Mania. It's like, yo, this looks dope. And then you were like, well, here's the build for all these matches. You'd be like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, because the build for a majority of these matches has sucked. Yeah, they haven't been great. Like, look, look, let's run down the list. Okay? Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Let's start there. Um, It sucks. Because they rushed it. Not even that they rushed it. Roman Reigns had the IC title for some reason and then lost that shit and then lost in the gauntlet match pretty easily to Seth. And then next thing you know, he just goes super Roman in a chamber and he's supposed to be worthy of Brock now. Well, like they built like the day after, was it the day after WrestleMania? When Roman Reigns said, I'm going to face you at WrestleMania, or I'm going to get that title back, whatever the fuck. And, and people groan because they're like, oh, man, they're already angling towards Brock versus Roman. Mm-hmm. This was a year ago. Like, everything but so much happened done. since. Like, Strowman came yeah. back strong. Like, you got to build Finn again. It's part of, like, the Bullet Club. Like, But they never so veered shit. off the course. That's the point. They never went off the course with Roman. Like, things changed. Like, they brought the shield back together to try to get Roman cheers. Then Dean Ambrose got hurt. So then it was like, well, fuck, now what are we going to do? Then they tried the little Jason Jordan thing with Ron. Like everything fell apart, but they never were like, you know what? We're, ne- we're not make not putting Roman in the main event. It never changed. So no matter how they had to get there, they were gonna get there. And now we're here. And now four because straight, four straight main events. Four look, look, look. I, I, I put that statistic in the group chat. Four straight WrestleMania main events. If if he headlines this WrestleMania, which he probably is. Four straight WrestleManias for Roman Reigns, a feat that nobody has accomplished except for one individual, not John Cena, not Steve Austin, not The Rock, Hulk Hogan. That's the only other person who has headlined four straight WrestleManias. I my boy HBK, four straight. Straight. Come on, man. And, and again, like they tried everything. They tried to get the shield back together. That fell apart. They tried to put him to the mid card and put the IC title on him. I mean, it was only trying to put a band-aid because the shield fell apart and all this other shit. So now it's like, all right, well, let's try to make Brock Lesnar the ultimate douchebag by not showing up on TV and then beating up Roman Reigns when he's handcuffed. They're trying everything. Fans aren't buying this shit. Well, actually, I think it's working. Um, He's getting a little bit more cheers than usual. But as soon as he wins the belt, it's going to go right back. I'll tell you what. Because it's not a sustainable storyline for Reigns. The point is, is that when he walks out in New Orleans... They're going to boo the fuck out of him. That's Ooh, it. You think? Oh, absolutely. Dog, you, you were at WrestleMania in Dallas. And Triple no, yeah, H we was like, the hell out of him. Yeah. He's like, dude, Undertaker, Triple <laughs> H, they booed the fuck out of him. He's, he's not escaping the booze. WrestleMania is the one place because now you have so many smart pro wrestling fans who go to WrestleMania weekend and buy the cheap seats for WrestleMania but go to all the other shows. And they're here like, I'm just going to boo Roman Reigns. Like, there's <laughs> nothing that's going to take me off of this. I think he'll get cheered entering the ring, booed after he wins the belt. Yeah, okay. Well, remember this, and we'll, we'll bring this back up after Mania. Roman's getting booed out of the building. That's unless Brock Lesnar was going back to the UFC, just like WrestleMania 20, unless that were to happen, was it 20? Whatever the fuck WrestleMania was. Might have been 20. Him and Goldberg, that, right? That was yeah. a shit show of a match, though. Unless that happens... There's no way Roman's getting cheered on his way. He's going to get booed. Booed. Styles Nakamura, they didn't start building early enough. Styles was caught up in that Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens angle. And then now it looks like Styles is a little banged up and injured. So they really can't even 
do too much in the ring to build it. So they're kind of handcuffed. That just got to come off great in ring. Yeah, I mean, again, an unnecessary pay-per-view. I've talked about this before. When you plug in that unnecessary pay-per-view before WrestleMania, you have to create feuds that don't really matter. They're like arbitrary feuds. And that, that six-man match was completely arbitrary. Didn't have to happen. No, but and, the Nakamura versus Rusev match, I think, I think is his woken Nakamura. Up. I, I've enjoyed both his matches with Rusev a lot. I mean, that's cool. But I'm just saying, in terms of build, it's like, why aren't we working on Styles? Like, Styles Nakamura, not that it should be the equivalent of, but it should be very similar to the build that we got with Stone Cold and The Rock. In the sense of two baby faces. You know, one feels like he needs to remain champion. The other feels like he needs to get that title. Mm-hmm. And they tease each other for weeks. Like Stone Cold and The Rock's feud for, before WrestleMania 17 was electric because it carried on from the day that Austin run the Royal Rumble and then The Rock beat Angle at No Way Out. And then for the next several weeks, they got kind of tease finishers on each other. And the people got in the way, like Kurt Angle got in the way and got beat up. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> that, that's was what great. made the promo so incredible. Yeah, but the way the build was is that there was energy because you knew that these two were going to have a showdown, but they did, they kind of touched each other. Like, there was a, a finisher here, and they were stealing each other's finishers. Like, that was, like, the perfect build. And that's what should have been similar with, you know, Styles and Nakamura. The best thing that happened was, you know, Nakamura rolling up on Styles, and Styles was like, I know you're going to beat me. And Nakamura was like, you should have more confidence. Like, that was, like, <laughs> the best little interaction that they had between the two. Well, Nakamura has actually been pretty good on the mic lately. Yeah, he. I mean, because he's charismatic. The man is. I mean, the charisma is out of this world. But they should have been building this. Like that fast lane match was completely pointless. Yeah, um, no, I agree. They they waited too long. They they rested on the fact that people know the New Japan history and are awaiting this match and said we don't have to build this match. They 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 said it's ready made. We don't have to pay attention to it, which is the wrong way to go about it. Where does it land on the WrestleMania card? First or middle? Directly in the middle or first up? It's got to be early. I mean, you got to feel like it's got to be early because there's so much on there that's not going to be as good yeah. in terms of quality. But if they come you know, out first, they're shutting that shit down. I don't think they'll do it first. I, I mean, they could, potentially. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't mind them... Fuck. Uh, I wouldn't mind them second to last. If we get Daniel Bryan coming out first, that's perfect. Because the pop is going to be insane, right? So you give us the tag match first. I wouldn't mind the show closing with uh, Styles Nakamura. And then we get Bliss Jax. And then Lesnar Reigns. I like that close. Because they do the roller coaster shit. I mean, if I was booking it like a New Japan show, it would be completely different, you know? But... um, I like that close as far as their roller coaster booking is concerned. Uh, and right before them, I would put Cena Taker. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the other issue. And this is what we'll figure out. Where is the Ronda Rousey match going to go? Fuck. I mean, to be honest with you, that could potentially close WrestleMania. It could. Or it could be first. It won't be first. Trips loves coming out first. No, Trip, he doesn't. Trips Sting was early. Yeah, but he didn't come out first. What was that, second? No. We had a ladder match. Like, we had a ladder match like, in Trips Sting. It was the ladder match. You had the tag match, the ladder match. You had Orton, Rollins. That shit was like right in the middle of the show when middle. the sun was still out. 
but it was in the middle of the show. Triple H is not. That match will not happen first. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know where you put that match. That and could Ronda, close, but you're not gonna big. rob you're not gonna rob Roman of the the four straight. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I think. It's crazy. Like the booking for Mania is going to be interesting because I'm trying to figure out where some of these matches are gonna go. But oh. anyway. Taker, I mean, Taker has to come out later. So Taker yeah. Cena is gonna feel like a big deal. Oh, Even though the build is weird. Yeah, the build is weird. He's gonna come out late. It was so weird when Undertaker and Bray Wyatt had their match and the sun was still out, and it was like, man, what are y'all doing? It like, robbed them of some great entrances too, because that shit looked dope. But it would have looked so much better at night. Um, but this would be a dome, so they'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, talking about Bray Wyatt, Ultimate Deletion. Let's hop off real quick. God. Uh, I didn't think it was great. I didn't mind it though. It I, that shit sucks. I thought um, it was too short. They didn't give him the time he had in TNA. But outside of that, I, I thought, you know, the magic was there, the funniness, the corniness was there in aspects. I, I laughed several times. Um, and I, I thought they did what I what no one really expected for them to do, and that's to build a long-term storyline into the ultimate deletion, where, especially at the end, where Bray Wyatt gets tripped out, he's about to win. And then Senior Benjamin starts, you know, hands on the globe. He's got the whole world in his hands. Brother Nero pops up. And then um, Matt wins and then push him to the Lake of Reincarnation, in which I think we get old Riverboat Bray Wyatt back. I think we get the, you know, the whole world's in his hands style Bray Wyatt. And I think yeah. he comes back out in the, in the little battle royal and shit. Like, um, I think we get that reset button. No more Eater Worlds. No more we're trying to make you Sister Abigail, Halloween-ish, um, the new Undertaker. No. We're going to take you back to what the fuck worked as a character. And let's see if we get this reset button. No, I hated it. Look, I, you could try what to... What did you expect? I expected shit. So I got shit. I got what I expected, which is trash. Like I, It's not like I opened the lid on a trash can and was like, oh shit, a birthday cake. No, it was bad. <laughs> I got shit. Because it was... They had to try and duplicate what happened in TNA, but try to make it original with like different production value. And Bray Wyatt just really wasn't the guy to like. And not saying that Bray Wyatt couldn't be that guy, but the kookiness of Total Deletion. The reason why it worked in TNA is because nobody knew what to expect. Yeah. Like we had no idea what we were seeing <laughs> in this match because that was a match that was like it happened. And then people are calling each other like, yo, are you watching this shit? Like, what the fuck did I just watch? Exactly. So with this, you kind of <laughs> knew what you were getting into. So the fact that you knew it took the novelty away from it immediately. And then you just kind of had, you know, some yeah. dumb shit. So it was like in Bray Wyatt, like the, the, the feud hadn't reached that point where I felt like, oh, we need total deletion. It felt like they were in a place where, again, WrestleMania is overbooked. We got a lot of feuds going on. And what I said from the beginning, Matt Hardy's like a mid-card guy. So we're just going to kind of put it in at the end of a random-ass Raw. Yeah. I thought and, it would be great you know, on the WrestleMania pre-show, yo. I thought that's yeah. where it should have fit. That's how I felt like it should have fit there, too. But it's like you got to serve so many stories and so many characters. Matt Hardy's not a guy who's upper mid-card. He's like smack in the mid-card. Like, he's Andre the Giant Battle Royal guy. So... Total Deletion suffered because of it. TNA, on the other hand, was the main event. Yeah. And they gave him time every week. I feel like they split the show exactly in half every week. Here's our normal shit. Here's Matt's time. Um, yeah. 
yeah, he doesn't doesn't get that now. We'll see if you know Brother Nero comes back and they can work the tag team angle. Um, I mean, I really liked. I I felt weird about the second one, uh, the tag team one in TNA. I didn't like it as much either. But yeah, yeah that, just... that shock value was gone. But I do think it has a place. I, I think that it's funny. It was lighthearted. People who aren't like us who didn't watch the first one are so like, yo, what the fuck was this? I mean, they probably thought it was trash, though. But we thought the first one was trash until, like, we sunk in, like, two days later. We're like, yo, yo, wait, wait we got to watch it again. And then we watched it again. And we were like, yo, that shit was dope. Like, it was kind of crazy. It was just a whole, like, that, the first one was like a what the fuck. Like, this wasn't a what the fuck. This was like, come on. Like, it for us, it wasn't. But for I'm people just saying, had no clue, it was. Mm, I need to find somebody who didn't see the first one and watch this and was like, man, that was pretty good. Or that was interesting. No, they're like, supposed to say that was the worst shit I've ever seen. And then come not gonna back, go back and, and say, mm. was that the worst yeah. shit I've ever seen? Like, and they say yes, because the reason why is because we already saw the, the what is it, the House of Horrors match. Like, dog, we're a, a year removed from Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania with that shitty match with Randy Orton. Yeah. And they tried to duplicate it by having the, the New Day versus the Wyatt family. By trying to do something similar in that swamp bullshit, like the WWE is notorious for making shit cheesy, and this was cheesy, and and it wasn't cheesy good because TNA you have the bars low, so when the bars low and shit happens, you're just like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. WWE, you watch some shit, you're like, ten minutes of what? What the fuck was this? Yeah, it was too short. I needed more story. Like I, I needed more Vanguard one. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I needed them to tell a full story. But once again, I thought they'd get that on Mania. And for some reason, they rush it and put that shit on Raw. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it felt weird and out of place there. Um, yeah, man, that's that's wrestling, though. Uh, we have, uh, I know you don't watch 205 Live, but I was shocked. Cedric Alexander is taking on Mustafa Ali for the title. Yeah, that, I didn't watch the match, but what the fuck? That was a good like, fucking, it was up. a good match, man. If you have time, in which we barely have time, but while you're writing something, throw on the tournament. For the past four weeks, there was some good matches. Really yeah, good I'm matches happy. on there. Like, um, being out of town, I didn't get to, like, I've completely avoided spoilers for New Japan World Cup, so I'm watching that shit for, like, the next two days. And then I'll probably watch 205. I watched, like, a good amount of it at work today. And it was dope. It's not bad. You're going to enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, nah, Mustafa Ali was, was to me, I thought he was going to lose every round. And he was just showing out, showing out, showing out. They cut, they make good promo packages for him and everything. And then, yeah, I thought he was destined to lose last night. And he comes through and wins. So two faces um, for, to see who get, becomes champion. They're going to put on a good match. I just don't know story arc-wise where it goes. Because when you put two faces in, I'm expecting a, a heel to return and really wreck shit, you know? And it, it's making me wonder, like, yo, does Neville make that appearance? Like, after does, does you know, Cedric win and Neville comes out and just wrecks him? And we get heel so. Neville again. I don't think so. I don't think so. But we'll sure. see. We'll get like a heel Neville. A- we'll get like a bruiser weight. Uh, I know you don't want people to move up necessarily, but I think we might get a Pete Dunn coming in, just wrecking Sop and shit. Like they, they didn't go with a heel for a reason, and I'm wondering why. Um, yeah, that's that's Mania. We'll see how Ronda does. If you guys have time, make sure you guys check out WWE YouTube page and see Ronda's back. I guess it was a dark match segment oh, and promo. That shit was horrible with Dana Brooke. Yeah, it was awkward. It was like it, it sent good. me back ten paces. I was so ready. Like Ronda's gonna be great in the ring. I saw that. I was like, oh. 
Rewind. Yo, this. the karate chop and the karate block was like terrible. That it was, was so, it was so corny. You want to see corny? That shit was corny. Yo, one thing before we move on um, that we didn't get to talk about was how good the ROH show was. Oh, we so didn't can't talk about very that. Very good, right? Um, I mean, which I had low expectations. Don't we? It seems like we always do at this point. Like we look at the ROH card and we go, it's the exact opposite of WWE. WWE puts all this work into these storylines and then the payoff sucks. Whereas ROH is like, oh, we're getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, social, what do they call it? Social experiment versus uh, the Hung Bucks. Yep. You're like, all right, this, this should be a decent match. And then it happens. You're like, holy shit. They tore the house down. Yeah. Like Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle was excellent. Great match. Like, like, but who expected it? Because we were all like, dude, Jay Lethal, really? Like, what did he do to get a title shot? Yeah, because it had no build. But the chemistry in the match was good. Yeah, like um, even the Marty's Girl Punishment, uh, Punishment Martinez match. I expected nothing out of that Fortunately, match. I missed that match. That, which of you missed it? I missed it. I showed up right at the end of it. Yo, that match was a good-ass match. So I've heard. Because <laughs> like, it, it, it was the two women's matches, and then that was the first match. Mm, no, Flip Gordon versus Takahashi was the first match. Oh, okay. Then that was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Flip Gordon Takahashi match was kind of eh. Flip Gordon, like, mm, whatever. Yeah. But, uh. Unfortunately, I missed the yep. villain. But to see him get the next title shot is pretty dope. Well, I mean, dude, it makes Super Card of Honor, like, like we'll talk about it when Media Weekend comes up, but Super Card of Honor is shaping up to be fucking great. Really great. And then we got the Long Beach show next week. Yeah. And I'm not right? ditching NXT to see Super Card of Honor. I know many people have. Um, I couldn't I mean, do it. I mean, listen. For Gargano yeah. Ciampa alone, I, I'm not missing it. I mean, that, I don't know, man. Cody, like the Cody Kenny Omega match, and then you got Don Castle. Ugh. I mean, NXT should be a great show. They, we, we all know this. Yeah. But that Supercard of Honor show is about to be something else. You want to talk about our Saturday? There's Supercard of Honor, NXT, okay. UFC 223. And boxing, because we'll be at the Lara fight. That's That's our Saturday night. Oh, my God. Yeah, WrestleMania weekend's crazy. Like, for combat sports writers, like, if you cover just MMA, fine. You got UFC 223. You're good. If you cover just boxing, you got the Jared Hurd and Arisandi Lara fight with J-Rock on the other card. Fine. You're in good shape. That's a good-ass card, by the way. They sent me the card. I was like, ooh, yeah, let me apply for these credentials. Fuck. Yeah, they got you're a pro wrestling guy. If you're a WWE guy, <laughs> of course, you got NXT. If you're an indie guy, you got Supercard Honor. But if you love all these things like I do, then you're fucked. Yeah, because now you got you have all these things happening at the same exact time. Now I have Fight Pass, so I will be watching UFC ringside from during the Lara Heard fight because I can't. There's no way I cannot watch that UFC card because I'm not gonna want to watch it when I go home because I have to watch NXT and Supercard Honor. Because I think so. Basically, in a nutshell, is what I'm saying is, if you tweet at me on that Saturday about anything that's going on, I'm not listening. I've muted. I'm muting everything. I owe anyone I, the fade who tries to spoil everything for me. I am no. not watching NXT until I go over Dre's crib on Sunday at like 9 a.m. and my <laughs> flip flops and my pajama pants. So do not say shit to me between 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. Thank you in advance, Corner Club. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear Ring of Honor shit. Um, I got to sneak that in somewhere. Right. I, I don't even know how we're going to do it. Thank God Dre has like 18 million TVs. 
Yo, I got yo, I've got a lot of TVs. So like, I have two. <laughs> if, if we have to have NXT on the same time as Ring is Honor, if we might have to do that. Yeah, I got a big screen. Like I got two big screens that are less than like ten feet apart. I, don't ask me why, because uh, just the way my house is set up. So <laughs> I have my seventy inch where the main thing will be on. And I have split screen too on my Xbox and on my regular television. And then I have my other one where I pull feeds from. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of shit going on. Yeah, that's gonna be a crazy day. Um, let's talk about boxing then. Boxing and UFC has kind of been low key. It's been very wrestling heavy lately. But in boxing, Canelo Alvarez, uh, he got to stay off the meat, my man. Pause, 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 pause. But that's that's really what it comes down to. Like uh, tested positive, they swept it under the rug. So it's that bad Mexican meat again. Uh, you know, nothing to see here. No, no headlines. Everything's still good. Single de Mayo. Yeah, let's go Canelo. And Triple G's like, hold on. Nah, like, we gonna talk about this shit. And he went on a crazy rant today. Um, I read Kevin Ioli's piece on how, you know, the, the rant might come back to bite Triple G. And I'm, it, was, it was well written. I, I understand the premise. I don't disagree with Kevin necessarily, but I'm just finding it hard to understand how stuff will come back to bite Triple G in the ass when he's the one who didn't test positive. Like, nothing bit Canelo in the ass for testing positive. So why would a rant about that come back to bite Triple G? I'm, I'm lost. So yeah, I, I, I don't, don't understand know. that whole dynamic. I don't know. And, I mean, listen, look, you look at Canelo's body, you look at how big he was, you look how big he is, and then you look at him he's as He's so small now, though. Yeah, he's a lot smaller. Um, that doesn't mean he's not going to be big on May 5th. But, yeah, like, if I'm Canelo, if I'm Triple G, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, in the UFC, it's so different. Because the moment that he tested positive, you're out of there. <laughs> and, and you got to <laughs> deal with the commission or whatever. They, like, they're going to pull him. Boxing was just like, well, yeah, well, let's, let's keep it going. Like, let's keep this party going on. Like, they... Whatever Canelo took, yes, I get it. Like it's a tainted meat, it happens frequently in Mexico, but that means that's why your ass shouldn't be training in Mexico. Like if, there is, that, that, like if there is danger of you testing positive for a banned substance because of the food you eat or the water that you drink where you're at, you've got enough money where you can take that fucking camp somewhere else, especially if it's the biggest fight of your life. Like, you know who wouldn't take this shit? Floyd Mayweather. At all. It would have been a wrap. Or Floyd yeah. would have just gouged his pockets. Yeah. Like if Floyd... If, Triple if G. I don't understand how there was literally no repercussions for it. No renegotiating. Nothing. Like, there was no, like, okay, my man, you actually tested positive. Like, for me to take this fight, we need to go 50-50. Like, we need, we need to do something. Or I'm walking. Yeah. It's crazy. Because now it, there's, it, there's an asterisk. What if he goes out there and knocks out Triple G? Which many people think could happen. You thought he was going to go out there and beat Triple G. And it'll be a different fight. It's an yeah. asterisk on all that shit now. Yeah, so we, we really don't know. And if, if Canelo's a dirty fighter, oh boy. Oh boy. But <laughs> I mean, listen. but it's boxing. So who knows, right? I mean, Oscar Oscar spin that shit to, to oblivion. And we'll see Canelo right back September 13th. Um, but if, if Canelo's a dirty fighter... And this makes him become a clean fighter for any period of time. That's the real trouble. Yeah, well, then we get to see what Canelo's like if he's yeah. a clean fighter. And then the, the confidence is gone. So now does he take Triple G's punches? And that's, that's always the biggest thing. Like, okay, you cheat the system to get to where you are. 
What happens the day where you get kind of caught and you have to stop cheating? And then it's like, oh, shit, this is not the point for him to do that. Because you got, honestly, his his next couple fights are, I mean, maybe uh, an easy fight, maybe, in there. But you have Triple G, J-Rock. If J-Rock goes up, you have the Charlo. Well, J-Rock ain't shit. Let's not talk about Julian Um, Williams. No, but J-Rock might be the easy fight. Yeah, but he won't. He won't get um, the title. If he but moves yeah. up, he, he'd be a guy to beat up on. But we have uh, Jacobs. That's the guy who Canelo, I believe, will absolutely avoid. Well, Jacobs was big as hell when he fought Triple G. Exactly, he'd be a monster over Canelo. Uh, but you think you think he wants to take Charlo instead? Well, that's it, what I'm saying. Like, like he has no gimmies at this point. Yeah. Canelo, if Canelo wins, and you know we're just kind of shooting the breeze here. Canelo, look, this is no detriment to Canelo, the, the individual, because I tr- like I've said it before. I truly believe Canelo wants to fight everybody. Yeah, he's a nice guy too, but I mean, yeah. you know, but Oscar, oh no, Oscar looks at that shit like we got to bleed this out. So <laughs> if if Canelo beats were to beat Triple G, which for the record I don't think will happen on May fifth, but if Canelo were to win and he fights. On in the what is it September thirteenth? It'll be a fluff fight. It's not going to be a Charlo. It's not going to be a top ranked middleweight. It's going to be somebody that you can beat up on. So it'd be a catchweight with like a J Rock. Yeah, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I got to see. I, I, I'm not even sure who it'll be, but it won't be a t- tough fight. It won't be. After fighting Triple G, Oscar De La Hoya will say he's just been in a tough fight, and we have to give him, you know, get him back in shape, kind of like what Keith Thurman is doing right now. It, it, it'll be an easy fight. Keith Thurman is ducking right now. He's that's that's the difference. Keith Thurman had one tough fight and said, "You know what? Nah, not for me. Nah." Yeah. And that that was against you know Porter. And yeah. so he he looks at these other guys. He's like, "Nah." What Crawford? No. Spence? Nah. He's like, "Yo, what's Danny doing again?" That's what. That's that's the point where he's at right now. Um. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting to see uh, how this affects Triple G because it seems like he's emotionally built up for this now, which yeah, I think, I, which I don't like too much. I don't know. I mean, it could it could lead to him just knocking Canelo the hell out early, or it could lead to him gassing and, and putting way too much and being too emotionally involved, and him gassing and Canelo wearing his ass out later in the rounds. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, man. But it, you know, that's like the big story in boxing, aside from you know who. Mayweather to the UFC, baby. That's the number one story. Don't don't avoid it. Say it, Dre. Say it. Speak it into existence. <laughs> this is what, hap- what you did with the first one. And then this little stuff keeps coming out. Keeps coming out. Keeps coming out. The guy is retired. He ain't doing shit else. It doesn't affect his perfect boxing record. He it's like going to the WWE. No, it's like it's doing anything else. Why not try it? Not saying that I think this shit's going to happen, because I think it's ludicrous. But when you're retired, you got nothing else to do. You obviously are still physically capable of doing something. There's UFC champions pushing 40. Look at Daniel Cormier. You don't have to take a top flight guy. Just go in and fight. Why? It could happen. You ain't got shit else to do. And they're going to pay you a decent amount of money. Look, Floyd Mayweather's been boxing professional. For over 20 years. Correct. Prior to that, he was, you know, he fought at Golden Gloves, Amateurs, all that shit, Olympics. You think this man really wants to fight? 
Like the only the only reason he, for he spends Mayweather his was, entire career actively trying not to get hit, which is not an option in MMA. Th- that's and therein <laughs> lies the problem. Like <coughs> Floyd Mayweather's entire career has been built upon not getting touched. If you fight in MMA, you're going to get touched. Yeah, because that's that's just pretty much what it is. More importantly, at 41 years old, I don't care how bored you think Floyd Mayweather is. He's having more fun trolling the shit out of everybody. And, I mean, I'm sure there's something there, – there's there's a, probably a breaking point somewhere in Floyd Mayweather's head right now. It's like, I'll never do this shit. I'll never do this shit. I'll never do this shit. Oh, half a billion dollars? Okay, maybe I'll do this shit. <laughs> but so then I'll put up that dough. That's, what, that's the problem. Like, Floyd Mayweather's not doing an MMA fight for $150 million. And, and I mean, that'll – break the bank because nobody's making that kind of money in the UFC. And you know what? The UFC worse? would have to fold because Connor wouldn't come back after that for less than 80. Well, here, that's, here's what's going to be my next thing. If Floyd Mayweather were to compete in the UFC for $150 million or $100 million, do you think there's another fighter who's going to say, I'm going to take 100 and 100 payday? No, I don't know. Like, you <laughs> think the champion's taking 500? And paid 500,000 pay-per-view points? You just gave Mayweather 100 million? He never had a fight? Fuck out of here. You break the whole mold. The, the, the company collapses. You're absolutely ruining what you built with the UFC. Like, not like you haven't done it already by paying Conor what you've done and not figuring out, like, oh, shit, everybody's on to us now. There's no secret. Like, Conor, you found out what Conor's getting paid. Conor's not fighting because he, he's in no hurry to fight because he's rich. But... <laughs> You, you, if you put a guy who's never had an MMA fight and you pay him more money than, you, than your output for the entire year, I can almost guarantee you without doing the math, uh, just making this up in my head, $150 million is more than every fighter combined outside of Conor McGregor in a, in a 12-month period. I damn near think you could throw Conor in there. You might. You might. And, and it's still eclipsing. Um, $150 million is, is next level. The only like, way you can pull it off... Which sounds weird, and it's never been done by the UFC, I don't believe, um, is to treat it like boxing and co-promote it. In which then you can say, honestly, Floyd Mayweather is paying himself. We are not paying Floyd Mayweather. It's a, it's a really weird loophole, but he can pay himself 100 fucking mil. We have to use this 100 mil to pay the roster. We have... All these fees and blah blah blah. He's only paying himself, and that's how you do it. It's it's ultimately to me it's stupid. Um, yes, I thought Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor was stupid. Was and it was stupid. Like let's not get this confused. There was <laughs> there was like that fight shouldn't have happened, but it happened because the public demanded it, and it was Floyd Mayweather's safe zone, and Conor McGregor was daring to be great. It's completely different on, on if you turn the tables around here. Floyd Mayweather's not daring to be great. He's already great. He's not in a position where he's trying to prove himself. What has he got to prove? He's rich. The only thing he can do here is lose. Let's, and let's make $100 million, which might push I, him into the billion-dollar range. Hypothetically speaking, if Floyd Mayweather were to compete in an MMA fight and win, then what? Um, they got to walk away because you, you can't. You can't poke the bear too many times, right? Like this, this. I just don't really see the purpose in it because it's like, all right. If you yeah, give him he, a lesser fighter with a stand-up game and no real true wrestling game, which everyone's well-rounded, but don't give him like a, you know a college champion or Olympian or some shit. Um, 
and you hope that Floyd learns how to sprawl and brawl. Take this shit back to like 05. Dude, uh, Floyd. Sprawl and brawl, my man. One other point I'm going to make Floyd Mayweather weighs 145 pounds. He might fight as a lightweight at 155 pounds. That's too heavy. Then he fights at 145 pounds as a featherweight. He has chicken legs. Floyd Mayweather's legs are so small. The first leg kick he takes is a 42-year-old man, because he's not fighting this year. Not happening. 42-year-old man taking his first leg kick, it'll kill him. He will die of a heart attack. (laughs) Well, I'm assuming he'd have to train for this. Like, like you could train as much as you want. And this is what my other thing is. You could train MMA for the next 12 months, nothing but MMA. Just like Conor did with boxing, Mm -hmm. even though Conor has trained with boxing before, but that old shit is going to come out of you. Those old habits, like Conor's old habits came out in the Mayweather fight. But it's different in an MMA fight because what old habits can Mayweather resort to except for understanding that shoulder roll and, you know, you know, check hooks, that shit don't work in MMA. The first time you get leg kick, you think Floyd Mayweather's going to think, I need to check that leg kick. It's not reflex is my point. He's going to try to grab and realize yeah. uh, that shit does nothing here. Yeah, like sprawling. There, there's no reflex for, for Floyd to sprawl. You can't really instill that into a guy who's boxed is literally since he was a child. You can't teach him like, yo, somebody shoots with a W, sprawl. He has to think about doing these things. And in MMA, when you think, you get fucked up. It has to be natural. And nothing about MMA is natural to a guy who's boxed. <coughs> All right, let's see. Who can we give him? I'm I'm currently at number 25 in the featherweight rankings and still don't see someone he can beat. There's nobody that Floyd... Like, Floyd could catch... Again, Floyd doesn't punch hard. This is the other thing we have. Floyd doesn't punch hard. He can't out-condition you in an MMA fight. Gray Maynard is ranked 26th. I don't think he Gray Maynard Maynard. probably would fuck him up because Gray Maynard is a wrestler. Yeah. Artem Lobov... Artem, there's really we're at thirty the, now with Artem. And then the other part about this is, once you get to these lower ranked no name opponents, Ooh. are you really making your money back? No, probably not. Alex Caceres, he probably kicked for man with his face off. Yeah, that'd be crazy. It's just the point. The point is, it's just no reason for him to do this. Is there? There's a reason for him to troll because it keeps his name in the headlines. There's nothing Floyd Mayweather likes more than to troll everybody. He stays in the mix. Like, even when he's gone, he's never really gone. The fact that Floyd Mayweather, like, that's his legacy. And he'll do this for the next probably five years. He'll troll people. Until, like, somebody gives him an offer he can't refuse. And it's really hard to give an, Floyd Mayweather the offer he can't refuse. The Conor McGregor fight. In this sport, but, yes. In boxing, not so much. In this sport, correct. Yeah, but it's just like, how do you create something that's going to make him more than he made in the Conor and Manny Pacquiao fights? You, you don't. The only way to do it is to have him in there against Conor. That's honestly, that's the only way to recoup your money. Yeah, and then even on top of that, like Floyd fights in the safe zone. Floyd is not a man who takes risks. There's a re- like, look, I don't, you know, y'all know people, like I've always said from day one that Floyd Mayweather was going to be Manny Pacquiao. I didn't care where, when it happened, I just knew Floyd was a better fighter. However, to not think that Floyd strategically waited to, to face Manny Pacquiao would be foolish and naive. Floyd Mayweather picks his opponents as, at the right time. So for him to not play it safe and to take a risk, like, dog, when's the last time Floyd Mayweather took a risk? Oscar De La Hoya. And that wasn't even a real risk. Nah, it was well-timed. I mean, I, to be fair, he prepared a long time for that fight. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, Floyd doesn't take risks. No, like, that that was a calculated risk. Like, he knew he was leaving. He had to build up a new persona. He had everything ready for that fight, to make that jump, you know? Yeah, so it's like everybody else, like, the Manny Pacquiao fight was on Floyd's terms. Shane Mosley was on Floyd's terms. Everybody that Floyd has fought has been on his terms. It's not, even Canelo was like, oh, he's young. I'll take him now. I'm not going to wait for him to get better. I'm going to take him out now. Surprised a lot of people, but Floyd knew what he was doing. Drain him, bring him to my level, beat him. Floyd's not going to go to a place where he's, he's not familiar and take up a risk for anything less than double his biggest paycheck. Yeah. Now, it, it'd have to be something crazy. But if Floyd trained for six to eight months, it's a pretty good, easy way to determine if he should fight. You bring Kevin Lee in, who's a trainer, Dewey. Cooper is always at the Mayweather gym. You say, hey, Dewey, bring in Kevin Lee. He's usually, he fights at 155, um, you know, 170 probably uh, might move up to there. But 155 guy, bring him in. Bring him in. Let's see what's popping with him. Um, if I can not get killed, I can take a fight. Now, if Kevin rolls his ass into a pretzel and kicks him to oblivion in a training session, eh, then he walks away. No harm, no foul. It's a pretty good litmus test. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see Floyd doing this. We don't see any oh. of the stupid shit. But like you said, if the money money is there, Floyd might do it. The UFC will be completely in shambles, though. Because you can't pay anyone else after that. Um, talking about the UFC, CM Punk looked like he's gearing up for another fight. If, if CM Punk can fight, Mayweather can fight. Mm. CM Punk had no skills. Mayweather yeah. at least has one very elite skill. What skills? I'm just saying. He, he rolled saw- around and did some jujitsu shit that I can do in the gym. I go pay right now. Right now, I pay thirty dollars a month. I go to Extreme Couture, fucking uh, syndicate, MMA gyms out here, and I'll learn as much jujitsu as CM Punk. But that's my point. Like, if that doesn't emphasize it more than anything else, CM Punk trained for well over a year and got ran over by Mickey Gall. Ran over in a minute by by a guy that nobody knew who came off of a, a YouTube show. So, and and CM Punk is getting played a lot less than Floyd Mayweather. So to try to like <laughs> he's getting this, paid a lot more than the majority of the roster, though. Yeah, he's getting paid a lot, but I'm just saying Floyd Mayweather's asking price versus CM Punk's asking price, big difference. And CM Punk is he's trying to be great. Floyd's not trying to be great. He's trying to be rich. It's a big difference. Like, like CM Punk is legitimately trying to be good at MMA. I, I, I highly doubt seeing when we both seeing Floyd's work ethic, and when Floyd goes in and and goes into train, hey, you can't lose that. You can't. He wouldn't go into a fight regardless. He wouldn't go into a fucking thumb wrestling match and not put a hundred percent on it, especially no, pay per view one. I, I, I think he'd go in daring to be great. No, I don't. And and that, and that I don't think he, he would wouldn't do it just be- for the like when the shit came down to it, he'd take the fight for the check. The training and the fight itself, nah, he's doing that shit to win. He knows no other way. Well, I mean, of course, but it's different. It's like it's like Floyd Mayweather training like if Floyd Mayweather wanted to play in the NBA, yeah, he's gonna train really hard. But mm-hmm. he's not making it in the NBA. Well, it's like Jordan <laughs> going to MLB, right? He tried really hard. Maybe yeah. he failed, but he thought he was gonna win. He didn't go there for the paycheck. But that's Floyd's going for the paycheck. Uh, once, once the lights are on, I think he goes to compete. The check handles itself. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what you're missing my point. Floyd does. He fights for the paycheck for the the lowest risk possible. 
He doesn't come to fight to prove that he's better than everybody else. His career has never been built like he does. He's undefeated so he can say he's better than everybody else. But he doesn't fight to say, oh, I've beat the toughest guys out there. He better go into an MMA fight looking to knock someone's fucking head off. I'm just, but I'm just saying, like, like he, he, he would, can't he can't be defensive. But he would. But my point is that Floyd doesn't take risks. Taking an MMA fight is a risk. Yes, that's it. That's my whole point. And, it, and his risk. style would have to change to then be risky. And, but and his, as, muscle, his muscle reflexes at 42 years old will not allow him to change. You don't think? I don't know. I, I think it has to be the complete opposite of his boxing career. Boxing career was safe. His fighting style was safe. Collected check. This is collected check. I have to take a risk by taking this fight. I got to take a risk in this fight. I got to walk forward, bury my head in someone's chest, and knock them the fuck out. Yeah, they not take me down and tap me. Cool. I didn't get knocked out. He's not, dog. He's not doing it. Like, let's just get past. Let's get past all the no, bullshit. He's not doing it. <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not taking a risk. He's but not putting his legacy on the line. Like, there's nothing more than everybody would want to see than Floyd Mayweather laying there, getting his head kicked off, or getting choked out and tapping out. Floyd Mayweather, his whole life is built on I don't lose. He's not trying to compete in something that he could possibly lose. Yeah, most likely lose. Um, all right, before we get out of here, real quick, we had a UFC card last weekend. Uh, UFC London, it was on Fight Pass. Not too many people saw it. Why? Because it was on Fight Pass. But um, the main card, to me, was kind of a dud. I went back and watched some of the main card fights. But we can talk about it right now. We have um, Tom Dukinwa. I said it right? Yeah. Yeah. Where's Ryan McKinnell, to, to correct me on that? Uh, yeah, no, he did a good job, bounce back fight. Um to me, the hype is kind of dying down a bit on the fire kid. Maybe because there's newer, like, foreign guys that have taken over the hype train. But uh, it was a solid fight. He needed it. I, it's just they can't push him to the moon like we originally thought. Um, then we had Jan Blakovich versus Jimmy Manawa. And Blakovich beats Manawa, so now light heavyweight looks shitty as always. Yeah. I mean, it's light heavyweight. And Manawa, who I picked to win that fight, I thought he beat him. But Blackfish got a hard head. Blackfish rocked him a few times too. So, yo, light heavyweights, dude. They just booked Shogun versus uh, Odesmir. They just booked that fight. And you look at it, and you're like, really? But I mean, yeah, that's, that's light heavyweight. There's really nowhere else to go. Vulcan needs, Vulcan needs names. Uh, and Gus, listen, Gus Rockhold for the interim belt wouldn't bother me. Rockhold for interim title. Fuck it. So, he just got, like, so what? He just got ransacked. So what? You yeah, act like interim titles mean anything? Like, you know, you, you give him the chance to luck up and become interim champion. Um, and then you put DC in a very awkward situation, but at least it's talk a talking point. Or you let, you know, Alex do what Alex does and finally touch some gold. It's It's dumb. It's really stupid, but hey, UFC is really stupid. Yeah, listen, this is what happens when you have three champions versus champion fights potentially in one weekend. Um, and then we had Alexander Volkov versus Fabrizio Verdun. Uh, Fabrizio is out of here. It's official. It's time to hang him up. He, uh, he's, he's almost Fabrizio Bellator. It is. Like, he can't, uh, come on, he can't man. do it. He can't do it. He's the gatekeeper. Oh, he was just a top contender. How did he lost to Alexander Volkov? Stipe beat Travis, Reem, Walt Harris. That shit was on two minutes' notice. 
got a decision versus Tybura, which, okay, Martin Tybura, and then gets KO'd again by Volkov. It's not time to hang it up. You're crazy for saying this. He lost to Alexander Volkov. He, he should have lost he, he won't be a title contender again. He's mm. a gatekeeper. I mean, then, I mean, everybody's a gatekeeper then. Because heavyweight is so thin, he could win one or two fights and be right back in the title picture. Um, yeah, but I, I think uh, it's going to be tough. Because you feed him to a Derek Lewis, you feed him. Feed him to Derek Lewis? He takes Derek Lewis down, he probably chokes him out. Okay, but, or he gets his fucking face knocked off. Like, but that's every fight. But I'm saying, like, I, I, I'm, I'm putting more money on him getting his face knocked off. That's crazy. Like, yo, he lost to Alexander Volkov, who I think he really took him lightly. Okay. Uh, uh, watching that fight, I think that for, for four fight, rounds he took him lightly. What, no, no, no. Here, here's what happened. If you watch the fight, he mm-hmm. did that jumping sidekick bullshit when the fight each round started. Started, of course. And he does that in a lot of fights. And he went for them lazy. Went for those lazy takedowns. And then when he took him down, he realized, oh shit, Volkov is not actually bad on the ground. That's where he fucked up. Like <laughs> that's that's the moment because Verdun has the best jujitsu of all the heavyweights. Yes, hands down. True. But the problem is, is that if you take somebody lightly or you don't wear them down, that jujitsu is not going to do a great deal of work because Volkov is six foot seven. He's not a little guy. So his, he's a lot longer to deal with on the ground. Like, when he was in, in, in Volkov's closed guard, <coughs> Verdun realized, like, holy shit, I can't get around this guy's long-ass legs. It's difficult. Even, like, guys like Stefan Struve, when you watch them, when they get you in a closed guard, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work to try to pass. Yeah. And Verdun struggled to pass. Now, Volkov, yes, now all of a sudden he's a title contender. But that doesn't mean Verdun is, is trash now. Because I just think Verdun, he's, the, he's the, it's okay to be a top five gatekeeper. But two more losses and he's in Bellator range. But he won't. <laughs> he won't have two more losses right, unless he's keep, completely washed up. Keep him like, away from Francis because he's getting his face knocked off. Um, Derek Lewis, if he connects, probably knock his face off. Uh, which right. I think he connects. Curtis Blades, the wrestling style versus jujitsu guy might be interesting. But I think Curtis Blades might wear his ass out too on the ground. Man, I don't know, man. Like, like you're talking about guys who are smaller. Who Fabricio? Look, look. Fabricio Verdun beat Cain Velasquez. Correct. Choked him out. He knocked out Mark Hunt. Other people didn't do that shit. So you're saying the size is what helps? The size, dude. Volkov's size made a world of difference. He's long. He's rangy. He's big. Like Alistair Overeem is one of the best kickboxers that we've ever seen in heavyweight history. I think the chin is shaky now. Uh, come on, man. He got knocked out by Volkov after four rounds, and it was from ground and pound for the most part, and he was tired because he fucking he had a bad game plan. Doesn't mean that he's he's just weak. Look, he, he, played, he played the fool against Stipe by running after him. That was dumb with his yeah. hands down. Correct. Like, Volkov, I think he took him lightly. Like, Tabura, he beat. Um, I think he beats Curtis Blades. I think he beats Derek Lewis. Uh, there's a lot of people I think that, that Fabricio Verdun still beats. And the heavyweight division, like even Francis Ngannou, like look, if you get inside Ngannou's guard until Ngannou shows me something else than hitting people in the face really hard, he's beatable. Okay, he's very he's very beatable. Bottom line is heavyweight division is extremely in flux. They like one one guy wins now he's in the title picture. It doesn't take much to get back into the title picture. No, it's just you can only count on it to be in flux for so long. Like they. For the first time in a very long time, some younger people are at least coming through the ranks. But that's that's my point. 
it's like the, the heavyweight division has always been win a couple of fights, you're in the title picture. And that's literally what happened with Ngannou. Hey, you, hey, you win a couple of fights, you're in the title picture. That's all you had to do, win a couple of fights. He won that's them emphatically. <laughs> yeah, but yes, but still, that's true. The point is, is like you win two or three fights in a row, you're the number one contender. Because until recently, we've never had a champion defend the title three times in a row. Like even for Doom when he fought Kane Velasquez, people were like, "What? <laughs> like he's gonna beat Kane? Yeah, right." And he did. But nice. then, like you look at the history of it, the title changes hands so often, and the top contenders move around so much. Oh, Verdum is the only guy who's been in the top five since the rankings debuted five years ago. Five years ago, I think five years ago. He's the only guy who's remained in the top five. Yeah, that's crazy. Kane's not even ranked. Yo. Where's Junior Dos Santos? Uh, JDS, I don't even see him on my list. He's unranked? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was suspension or inactivity. I can't remember. But my point is, is that JDS was at the top. Oh, yeah, he's now, on injury. Him, Rothwell, Kane. Like These are guys who, like, Verdum has always been there. Always. That's crazy. Yeah, the, the division is definitely in flux. Uh We'll see. I, I think he's in that gatekeeper role and not like the good gatekeeper role like Frankie Edgar. I think he's in a bad gatekeeper role. <laughs> like where where they're going to start trying to turnstile him. Because I, I don't think it gets easier for him. They're not going to give him a cupcake. I mean, like, duh, if, if, Curtis, if he faces They're not going to give him Arlovsky. They could. He's Even on a two-fight winning streak. Like, Arlovsky's fighting Tai Tuivasa, and Tai Tuivasa will probably knock his brains in. Yeah. But it's the heavyweight division. You don't fucking know. I thought Arlovsky was going to get his head kicked in by Stephen Stroop. That didn't happen. Uh, Travis so, Brown, is he retired yet? Is he making Ron, little Ronda babies? No. It's possible. So, the point is, Verdun could fight Curtis Blades. And I wouldn't be surprised either way because Curtis Blades has showed me a lot. But again, Curtis Blades is another guy. It's like, dog, you just won a couple of fights. And now he's a world beater to a lot of people. Oh, like Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis won a fight late. He got a late knockout. But do I think that Verdun could take him down? Yeah, I do. As long as you, if, if Verdun fights the right game plan, I think he beats just he could beat anybody on any given night. Dude, just two years ago, people were talking about him being the greatest heavyweight of all time. Just told you how quick shit changes in, in the heavyweight division. Life comes at you fast, and the belt plays hot potato. So yeah, that that would have been one hell of a streak by him until Stipe just derailed his ass. Yeah, um, just a foolish game plan. <laughs> all right, well that's the UFC. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, we're just trying to relax, man. The next two weeks are about to be just the calm before the storm. Because our show for WrestleMania week is going to be packed. And we'll see. I know wild shit's going to happen in UFC and you know pro wrestling. People are going to want the podcast quick. We got to digest all this, people. We're going to have a busy week. We got to be working and enjoying ourselves. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned because that that preview show is going to be dope. We got to plan something really good for that. Uh, that's the end of today's show, though, sadly. We got to get back to work. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media at The Corner LSN on all platforms. Me, at Kel Dansby. Him, at Andreas Hale. Dre, you're back from vacation. You missed out on the snow. Next week, I'm sure you'll get back to your old crotchety self. And be a little bit more sour about things. You were very pleasant this week. Eh, maybe. I'm going on vacation again, man. I'm going to L.A. next week. <laughs> this, guy, 
<laughs> this guy's never here. Uh, well, we'll catch Dre between his vacationing um, and, and make sure we give you guys a podcast. But for now, that is the end. See you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.